It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up, get them up, get them going. It is Wednesday already on E and Rod B. Hook them up five hours, five days a week. The grind continues and rolls on towards Texas, Alabama, Texas A&M, Miami, Nebraska, Colorado, and, of course, tomorrow night it's the start of the NFL season. There was a major development on the Kansas City Chiefs front yesterday. We'll get you the details and the latest on the health of Travis Kelsey, scary situation at Chiefs practice yesterday. Uh, also, baseball. How about the Houston Astros flexing up there in Arlington? Another big, uh, big bat performance, including Jose Altuve with an historic night. We'll talk some diamond talk. Also, uh, all the other top stories of a busy Wednesday morning. Three days out to Texas and Alabama, 6 September. Appreciate you being there to start the program. Hope you can ride with us all morning long, all day long, wherever you choose to find us. Maybe it's multiple ways throughout the course of the day. 101.9 AM or FM, also on AM 1260. You can stream the show on digitally on the Horn app. Appreciate you doing that. So many folks are doing so all over the uh, the area, Central Texas, all over the state, all over the country, all over the world. Checking in on the Longhorns on our Horn app, and we appreciate them doing that. Also at our website at hornfm.com. You can watch on the Twitch channel and always at our YouTube page. You just subscribe to at the Horn Austin, and you're watching our show there as well. Five hours a day, five days a week. And look who it is. He is our shutdown corner, holding down his side of the field. Five hours a day, five days a week. From DB High down in the 713 and DBU here in the 512. Four stops in different NFL zip codes, but he is a lifetime Longhorn to the core, a football theorist who will bring you uh, deep dive conversations about these Longhorns today. We're number 21 in your program, always number one in our hearts. What's up, Rod Babers? I appreciate the intro, brother, as always. Yes, sir. And uh, great to be here on a uh, hump day, which means we are over the hill. Downhill to the weekend, uh, and that means Texas, Alabama. So we'll talk plenty of Texas, Alabama today. Uh, But before we do that, we always like to salute those who choose to serve. They're up early with us. Uh, We appreciate them. Our society built on the selflessness of service. So for all those who uh, choose to serve, it is an honor but also a burden, and we understand that, so we appreciate you. That's the first responders, the the police officers out there, teachers, nurses, uh, waste management. You serve, whether it be God, country, or community, we appreciate you. Yep, those in service, uh, getting up and getting after it on this Wednesday morning. And uh, uh, Ty Henderson serving us as well through the glass. He will do uh, good work for us. we got a lot to do, a lot to cover. We've got uh, a lot of football, uh, a lot of baseball, and certainly the NFL mm-hmm. joins the uh, the sportsgasm tomorrow, Rod. I mean, because, uh, you know, we had one weekend, five days of just college football, some high school football in there as well. Uh, but, man, here comes the NFL with week one on tap. I did see where uh, – Odds makers have made it official now to start the NFL season that uh, Atlanta Falcons running back B. John Robinson, Houston Texans edge rusher Will Anderson will open the season as the favorites to win the NFL Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year awards, according to BetMGM. 
Yeah, um, Bet Bijan. MGM. Yeah, Bijan was easy. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody out there who's not picking Bijan as a favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Jameer he, Gibbs, I've seen in some people with Detroit because they're going to yeah. feature him in their backfield. In he Detroit. will be featured, but I, I mean, we're going to see him Thursday night. Bijan is in a perfect situation offensively. Jameer Gibbs is in a good situation, but uh, there's no more perfect situation for a player coming out in the draft than Bijan Robinson with Atlanta. That's just not. I mean, you couldn't ask for it other than him probably going to the San Francisco 49ers, and that was never going to happen because they're not drafting that high. Uh, there's not a more compatible team with a player skill set than Atlanta. They want to play positionless football. He's the best positionless football player in the draft. Jameer Gibbs, second best. Um, but well, he's, going they, to the, he's going to Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions don't major in that. The, the, the Atlanta Falcons have built their model. On positionless football, they got Cordero Patterson, who plays like three different positions. Matter of fact, they got a position. They actually made up a position for him. I'm yeah. not making that up. They, no, I'm not joking. They I actually put it out there. They call it the J. They don't. They got a wide receiver. They got a tight end, left tackle, left guard. This is from the the, the like their depth chart center because now Bijan is the starting running back now. Wide receiver, tight end. Uh, tight end is Jonu Smith. They're J. J. Cordero Patterson. He's a J. What's up, Jay? He's a J. Yeah, exactly. He's like he's not a H. G. He's like yeah, he's a, he's a J. Which was for Tom Herman, that was the H. That was the hybrid position. But that's basically they made up a position for him, and they got also you got Kyle Pitts, who's freaky. All right, Kyle Pitts is that guy. He's another tight end, but they use him as wide receiver, tight end, put move him all around, and then you got B. John Robinson was also in that category. So the Detroit Lions, they're going to use some of those types of, you know, use some of those type of principles because they got that type of player. But Atlanta was already doing that way before they got Bijan. They would have been doing that even if they didn't get Bijan. And now they got Bijan to add to that formula? They're going to be fun to watch. Ooh, They're, that's going to be scary. Uh, tuning in to see that group. Uh, if you got, we got, I hope you got the red zone or of the uh, the uh, YouTube ticket now, yeah. the direct package, which starts this weekend. Hope you've taken care of that ahead of week one, mm-hmm. which is uh, coming up in in full with the Cowboys and Giants. Texans opening their season as well Ooh. with uh, Will Will. Anderson picked to be the defensive oh, player play the of the Ravens, year. They play the Ravens, don't they? Yeah, at Baltimore. Oh. Yikes, that could be a smack in the They're face. They're going to unveil that new offense, and i got a feeling that new offense with Lamar Jackson is going to be prolific. Yeah, with Todd Monken coming Ooh. in from the uh, Georgia Bulldogs, where he won back-to-back natties. Finally got some wide receivers there. Well, Odell too. Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so yeah, we'll get to the NFL. we got college football on the brain, without a doubt. I would mention... Uh, uh, if you're looking at uh, B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, they were the two first running backs taken, <laughs> number seven and number 12. And they both were coached by Tashard Choice in college, right? Tashard had Jameer at Georgia Tech before he transferred to Alabama. And, of course, B. John Robinson here at Texas. And they were both with featured Tashard. players last featured year in this players. game. <laughs> yeah, game. big time. They were the big two time. featured offensive stars. Hey, let's get to the headlines because there are plenty of them. Get you caught up on the news of the morning, then we're uh, diving into Texas-Bama. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bringing you the news. Start with the Longhorns. Yeah, following their 37-10 win over Rice in Week 1. Horns remain at number 11 in the AP Top 25, but moved up two spots in the coaches' poll to number 10. Both came out yesterday. A pair of teams moved ahead of Texas in the AP poll to replace LSU and Clemson in the Top 10. Tennessee moved from 12 to 9. Uh, Notre Dame moves 2-0, and moved from 13 to 10. Texas sat still at 11. This week's opponent, Alabama, moved up to number 3 this week behind only Georgia and Michigan. Florida State and Ohio State round out the top five. Around the Big 12, K-State up a spot to 15. Oklahoma is up two spots to 18. TCU and Tech dropped out of the top 25. Duke and Colorado have entered it following their upset wins. They're at number 21 and 22. Texas A&M comes in at number 23 ahead of their trip to Miami this Saturday. 
Longhorns, of course, continue to prep for the marquee matchup with the Crimson Tide. Monday, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian gave his team a clean bill of health coming out of week one, including the good news that freshman running back C.J. Baxter was back practicing yesterday in Tuscaloosa. Alabama head coach Nick Saban provided an update on a pair of his starting defensive backs, the nickel corner Malachi Moore and the free safety Jalen King. Uh, they're both day-to-day, um, so it's probably too early to tell uh, what their circumstance will be, probably be a couple days and we figure it out. But um, I don't think either guy has long-term issues, um, but it'll be interesting to see how they progress this week. And 6 o'clock Saturday, of course, our pregame coverage goes live out in Cedar Park at uh... Uh, our great location there at 3.30 on Saturday. Huge development in the NFL yesterday. Word from Kansas City. The Chiefs all-pro tight end Travis Kelsey suffered a hyperextended knee during practice. ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting this morning that the Chiefs believe the future Hall of Famer's ACL is intact and the knee is structurally sound. There is swelling, though, and inflammation. Team will get a test another tested again today. His availability, availability for tomorrow night's NFL opener with the Lions in doubt. And Major League Baseball, Houston Astros have certainly flexed in the first two games of their showdown series with the Rangers. They pounded the uh, Texas Rangers 13-6 to in Game 1 Monday. They continued the barrage last night in Arlington, crushing the hosts 14-1 to following his four-hit two-homer game on Labor Day. Astros All-Star second baseman Jose Altuve proceeded to crush home runs. Did it in each of his first three at-bats last night. Solo shot to lead off the game. Another one in the second inning, then one more time in the third. His 14th tonight. And now he sends one to center field. That'll send Tavares back. Could it be four in a row? Four in a row for Altuve. Five and six at bats. The legend continues to grow. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Altuve, just the fourth player in MLB history to homer three times through three innings, joining Manny Machado, Mike Cameron, and Carl Reynolds in 1930. More importantly, Houston now in sole possession of first place in the AL West for the first time this season. Thanks to Seattle's loss in Cincinnati, Houston's two up on the Rangers head into tonight's series finale. What a doozy of a pitching matchup to wrap up the uh, in the final matchup for the two teams this season in the regular year. Max Scherzer versus Justin Verlander. Uh, it'll be tonight. Also in baseball, Round Rock dropped their series opener in El Paso 9-5. And Yankee slugger Giancarlo Stanton hit the 400th home run of his career in New York's win over the Twins. He reached the milestone in the fourth fewest games all time, trailing only the Babe, Mark McGuire, A-Rod, and Albert Pujols. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Man, the Astros' bats oh. on fire. On fire. They have they have hit five-plus home runs in back-to-back games. Well, they <laughs> Just were. three teams have done done so in three straight games. So, we'll see. And if you, <laughs> I mean, if you eliminate the, Yan- the Yankees series, they got swept and didn't play very good. Man. Uh, the, the, you know, the last two, three weeks, they've been pounding the baseball. And uh, you know, Altuve, when he gets in the tree, man, it is ridiculous. And... Uh, Todd Collis on Fox on uh, AT&T Sports now with that because if you go back to Monday he finished Monday's game with four straight hits he had a single a home run a single and a home run mm-hmm. and that's why Callis said when he went three for three in the first three innings last night that was you know he had hit six home runs or five mm-hmm. home runs in his last you know he had he was seven for his last seven with two singles and five home runs over the course of two days <laughs> come on man man he is yeah that's, it's unbelievable like that's crazy. Three ball. home runs <laughs> in a row. In a row. Well, and uh, well, there's I got hot, and then there's that. Whatever well, he is and, right and, now. You know, I talked yesterday about Nathan Eovaldi making his start, and I, I, I said that was going to add well, some, some juice. 
I didn't. Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I didn't. I, I should have realized this, but the Rangers didn't even let him get a rehab start, Rod. I mean, he hadn't pitched in almost two months. And normally you would go down to, to to the minor leagues and and at least get your you know face some live batters get get yourself three innings of work yeah. to 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 shake off the rust. You don't want to shake off the rust in a game that's that important. Uh, I don't I didn't I don't get that for the Rangers not even giving him a rehab start. It was almost like a panic move. Like hey, this is a big game. We'll see if Avaldi can get us get us going because our pitching staff is falling apart. And uh, he was not good. I mean he was he, he was leaving things up. I mean he's an all star, but the, even those guys. That's where you go to the training camp, right? Or spring training. You you get yourself right, you get yourself uh, sharp, and they just brought him right off of the uh, the IL, and there he was. So, um, but the Astros took advantage of it. He wasn't sharp, and they scored. You know, Altuve let off the game with a home run. <laughs> yes, seriously. but 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 part of the reason that they got to bat three times in three innings is that wasn't the only. They were three runs in the first. They scored three runs in the second. They scored three runs in the third, and um, you know yeah. because then Dane Dunning came in and gave up another home run. So, yeah, I mean, Astros are now starting to flex a little bit. The Mariners have lost back-to-back games in Cincinnati. So Houston's on top for the first time all season. Mm. And tonight, how about that? That's must-see TV on a Wednesday night. You've got Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer head-to-head. And the Rangers, I mean, this is a desperation game for the Rangers. I was going to say, yeah, somebody's got to stop the bleeding. Yes. At this point. And who else would you rather have than... Yeah, it's the perfect guy. Then yeah, that's what you brought him in for. You yeah. brought him in for these types of situations. That's right. For for, for a crisis, and right now, I don't know if it's crisis mode just yet for the Rangers, but uh, I think some fans are freaking out. Is Ty, you freaking out? You freaking out yet? Um, a little bit. A okay. little bit. A little bit. All right. He, he, this is the first time he's actually even started to have a little bit of anxiety. I'm not, I'm not freaking out. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, a little, I'm worried. You're a little anxious about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're spiraling. It's something happening. We just gotta. I don't know what's going on, but they're starting to spiral. Well, and they all the and way. And in the season, like you pointed out several times, with a tough schedule. Yeah, that's like seven straight. Seven out of ten with the Mariners in yeah. Seattle, and that could be. I mean, there's no doubt at this point with three weeks to go in the season, that's going to be for for a, a playoff spot, because you know the Astros, Rangers, and Mariners are jockeying in this uh, this race in the West. But you look up at the uh, the American League East, Rod. You've got Tampa Bay and Baltimore, and, and then Toronto, and they're all in the mix for the wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, six teams make the playoffs. And so, you know, somebody's going to win the Central, and that's going to be the Twins. They're seven up on Cleveland, so the Twins are in. Baltimore is likely to win the East, but then Tampa Bay and Toronto are there jockeying with the Astros, Mariners, and Rangers. Tampa Bay is pretty solid as the first wild card. And then, you know, whoever wins the division out in the West, looks like Houston's in the lead right now, but that can change. Um, They'll be in, but then there's, there's... it looks to me at this point with three weeks to go, Rod, that there are, there are two spots left behind t- behind Tampa with three teams jockeying, the Rangers, the Mariners, and the Blue Jays. So you got to watch the Blue Jays every mm-hmm. night the rest of the way. And that's why I say those seven games in the last ten days, ten mm-hmm. games uh, in Seattle for Texas, that'll decide it. I mean, they'll have a chance to go win their way in and, and make hay. Uh, Houston has the easiest schedule the rest of the way. They once you once they leave Arlington here, they've got some very favorable matchups. And now they're the healthy rest too. Of the way and they're, they're healthy. healthy and heating up. Yeah, and that's mm. the other part of last night's fourteen to one win. Uh, you know, you gave Framber Valdez the lead, but he pitched great. And Framber Valdez since the All Star break has either been mm, great icky. or been, terrible. Yeah, he's been like, There's really no middle yeah. ground. He's not just <laughs> you know he had that streak last year where he had he had what twenty five quality, quality starts, starts in a row, which yeah. was just which is Mister Reliable. Well, this year he's been, you know, throws no hitters and then he gives up, gets bombed. Feast or famine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that was good to see last night. We'll get to see Verlander tonight. He gave up some taters to the Yankees on Friday night to open up that series with New York. So see if he can bounce back. And as you said, the Yankees in, in a bit of desperation mode here.
um, trying to, to, to find some wins here and find some pitching. Uh, they've got to do it. So, so there goes some baseball in the mix. We've got football on the brain with the NFL opening. What did you think when you heard Todd, Travis Kelsey's injury? Uh, I actually, yeah. I, you know what? He's going to be back, obviously, at one point during the season. But to start the season, it actually, to me, is a little intriguing because we've seen Patrick Mahomes lose his best receiver and then have his best season. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Not his his best receiver. Like he lost what well, some people say is the best receiver in the league potentially, like top three receiver in the league. Yes. And then and by the way, for Tyreek Hill, he also had a career year. So both of those guys. That was that was that's one of those great mysteries in football last season. Like how the hell did we separate Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, both you know top three at their position in the NFL, and then separately they had arguably their best seasons without each other and got better. Yeah. That's that's remarkable. But anyway, I digress. Getting back to it, I'll, I can't wait to see how good Patrick Mahomes is without Travis Kelsey. Because if he's if if he's able to lead that team, I'm talking. I mean, well, I mean, maybe, maybe what's going to be out? Maybe I don't know, six games, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the well, timetable I mean, is on him. But whatever he's going to be out, let's say that Patrick Mahomes leads them to win eighty percent of those games that he's out and still puts up prolific numbers. I mean, he without his favorite target, and then we talk about back to back years losing your for at least an extended period of time losing your top receiver, and then losing your favorite target, and still no drop off in production potentially. That's that's solidifying your resume, you know, in terms of goat status. Like he's yeah. already had the best start to a career ever, and that would put it that would contextualize it a little bit. You're right about that to get to him. And look, it might be a couple of weeks, or it might just be this one game. It might or maybe, be one game, but whatever. And, and you yeah. wonder if the Chiefs would even risk it, right? I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. I keep him out as Adam, long as you need to. Adam Schefter reported this morning that it's uh, not an ACL. Uh, it, it, the structure is good. It's swelling, and you know you hyperextend your knee; it's going to swell up, and there's inflammation there. So they've got to play through that. But uh, you know, think about it for the Detroit Lions side of it. If they can, you know, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. they're you know, two of their three best players, may not exactly. play. Exactly. What if, you, what if you could sneak in there and get a win? But what Jared if, Goff and the Lions get to go get to Kansas City and get a victory? Or oh, what if Mahomes is able to lead them to a victory I know. without two of his three best players on the team? He's that good. Like, is he that good? He might. He, he probably. If anybody could do it, it would be him. I know. Well, like, as you said last year with Tyree Kill out, and his number one receiver was what, Juju Smith Schuster, <laughs> and like, Travis Kelsey's his number one receiver. We know that, and a backfield that features Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. Wow, uh, these Come are not on, household man. names, y'all. No. Uh, he uh, he only proceeded to have the greatest season <laughs> statistically all time in NFL history. He led the NFL in passing yards. He was the MVP of the league. He was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Uh, no one's ever done that. Nobody's no one's ever, no done, one's ever done the quadruple header where you, no. you know, you lead the NFL in passing yards and touchdown passes, uh, win the MVP and win the Super Bowl MVP. No quarterback has ever accomplished that until Patrick Mahomes did it last year, and we'll get to see him. That's going to be fun. But I think if you're in Motown, you're thinking, hey, what if oh, we yeah. could with Jared Goff and you know Big Dan Campbell and this? Because uh, the one thing that's for sure about Detroit is when when they got in the draft and remember they traded last year T.J. Hawkinson. Their tight end over to Minnesota, Minnesota. within the division. They mm-hmm. wanted to because clearly they were trying to target some positions where they felt like they needed upgrades if they were going to take that next step. And they got into the draft and they had two first round picks, and they took Jameer Gibbs, as you mentioned, uh, the, or we talked about the Detroit Lions at twelve took the Alabama running back to replace DeAndre Swift, who they traded to the Eagles, and then they dra- they drafted the linebacker out of Iowa. Because they felt like they needed a guy that could walk in and play in the middle of their defense. Was that Jack Campbell? Yeah, Jack name? Campbell at number yeah, seventeen. Yeah. He's a good player. Both have had real good camps. Yeah, he's a good player. De- Detroit got criticized for both. Like 
that's too early for running back. That's too early for linebacker. But clearly, the Lions felt like they needed those guys to solidify position groups, right, and and give them that dynamic running back to go with Amon Ross, St. Brown, in this passing game, and Jared Goff. And don't forget Detroit. If you if you listen to evaluators, has one of the the three best offensive lines, maybe five best offensive lines in the league. So mm-hmm. they're going to be able to run the football. That's why they brought in David Montgomery from uh, from the Bears, the Iowa State running back back in the day. They want to run the ball, but then Jameer Gibbs becomes that that weaponized player. Amon Ross St. Brown has turned into one of the better receivers in the league, and uh, they're fun to watch. And then they think they've improved their defense, right? That's going to be the question. And that you know, any every if you think you've improved your defense, Patrick Mahomes will let you know if you did or not. Yes, agreed, <laughs> right? That'll be the ultimate test for them, and they'll get that week one on yes. Thursday. And to add to your point, yeah, the, the lines are zigging a little bit when everybody else is zagging to your point about what they uh, chose to prioritize in the draft. Those are not considered premium positions. The NFL has basically got a list of premium positions. Everything revolves around quarterback, quarterback, wide receiver, left tackle that protects the quarterback, pass rusher that gets after the quarterback, cornerback that guards the wide receiver that the quarterback throws to, bump, you get it, right? And linebacker, off-ball linebacker, and running back are actually down on the list, not considered premium positions. So them drafting you know, those non-premium positions high in the draft just shows you that they are going to zig a little bit when everybody's zagging. Also, they believe in hiring coaches who are former players. That's a big part. Something else, they zig when everybody else is zagging. That's kind of, I don't know if they they say that uh, you know openly, but I mean, they probably have as many former players on their staff as any team in the league. Uh, and that's a big part of their process and their methodology. Um, but I love Ben Johnson, their o- offensive coordinator, too. too. He's uh, he's going to get Creative. a head coaching job yeah, in the next two years. That offense is it's a top three offense in the league. And I'll give you a stat real quick because we'll obviously dive deeper in the Lions versus Kansas City tomorrow, previewing that matchup. The Lions games this year, just Lions games, period, any game they participated in, regardless of their opponent, averaged a league high 51.8 total points. In the games that the Lions was in. A lot of that was the Lions. The Kansas City Chiefs, though, they were second. In games the Kansas City Chiefs played in, their games, uh, the average total points was 50.9. It's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Now, well, the over-under, I believe, is 55. Yeah, so which is they, a pretty big number. It is a big number, but I wonder if they will push that and go over. What are you thinking about that, tie? Over-under, 55. Kansas City, but no Travis Kelsey. Potentially, potentially for Kansas City, I wouldn't even. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry risk about it. it. I think that'd be stupid. Yeah, if it, if Considering you know you're you're a Super Bowl or bus team, yeah, it'd be stupid week one to throw your second best player out there. Uh, but yeah, Kansas City, uh, Detroit. What do you think? Fifty five is pretty high for an NFL game. I'd probably go under. It is high, Ooh, but that could get uh, that no, could get wild. Yeah, it's two top five do you, offenses. Do you expect both those offenses to be as sharp as they were? Well, the other part that's, of that is that's a good last point. year. That, yeah, the beginning one. of the season. Well, it's yeah. kind of like the yeah. week one of the NFL of the college football. I mean. Nobody played in the preseason. I mean, very few starters played. So, you know, what is the tackling going to be? Are these guys mm-hmm. ready to take good angles? These guys, you know, in, in, in regular season form uh, that could lead to higher scoring, but also the offenses could sputter. I will say this to your point about the uh, Detroit offense and the coordinator there. How about Jared Goff? Remember, Jared Goff was a one-time number one overall pick who fell out of favor with the Rams. Yep. Last year, kind of under the radar because they got hot in their last eight, ten games that Detroit did. Jared Goff, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He had a 99.3 quarterback rating last year. Oh, yeah. 29 touchdowns, 7 picks, uh, 4,438 yards. So, Jared Goff, uh, this, this, this offensive coordinator, this staff, uh, with a good offensive line and good weapons around him, getting the most 
out of the former number one overall pick out of Cal. He'll go head to head with 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 uh, Patrick Mahomes here coming up tomorrow hey, night. He's on one of the only quarterbacks in the NFL that's beaten Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Yeah, Remember? with the Rams. With the Rams. Like, yeah, with they, the Rams. They had one of them games. Well, we could have one of those. We'll mm-hmm. take your thoughts. Obviously, we're going to dive into Texas and Alabama. You heard Nick Saban in the headlines. He's got two uh, question marks at starting he's, defensive back. Is yeah. starting nickel corner and his starting free safety are listed as you just heard Nick Saban say day to day. They're going to monitor them as the week goes. That could be a, an opportunity for the Longhorns because that secondary is deep and talented for Alabama. That's a that's a senior starter and a graduate senior starter, Rod. Two of their more experienced players in the back end, Malachi Moore, uh, the, the nickel, nickel corner, and then uh, uh, Jalen King. So we'll talk more about that. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We're talking Texas-Bama, the weekend of college football that's on tap, and the NFL kicks off tomorrow night. We're coming right back. Look them up with Ian Rodby. It's brought to you by Bud Light, our great friends at Bud Light. We'll be out there at, uh, and we're looking forward to this this weekend. The uh, the game itself obviously yes, is a uh, a must see game, but uh, the Field House at the Crossing in Cedar Park, Rod, will be our location on Saturday. We'll start our pregame about three thirty. Field House at the Crossing is uh, if you're out on uh, in Cedar Park, the uh, HEB Center in Cedar Park, directly across the way, uh, across the tollway there, one eighty three toll is uh, where you'll find it. And it is perfect for a big watch party and a big game like this. It's going to be our big game headquarters with Bud Light and uh, the Fieldhouse crew. Uh, we'll be out there 3.30 to about uh, 5.30. The game kicks at 6. They've got the huge outdoor big screen with the outdoor space and mm-hmm. also the indoor and covered oh, yeah. areas. Uh, it's massive and plenty of parking. And so we're going to be out there starting about 3.30 with the pregame. We'll be watching those early 2.30 games. Rod Aggies will be playing Miami. Um, which is an intriguing game. Miami unranked. Aggies are at twenty three right now, yep. and Connor Wigman looked good in in weekend one. And uh, the new Bobby Petrino offense for Texas A and M. We'll be checking that out. Also at two thirty, I believe UTSA and uh, Texas State will be playing. We'll be keeping mm-hmm. our eyes there. And of course, early games. You got Colorado, Nebraska, and the big games of the college football weekend. Obviously, nothing bigger than Texas and Alabama. Fieldhouse at the Crossing. Come join us. Uh, we've got, uh, I'll get you the drink specials. you got buckets of Michelob Ultra, buckets of Bud Light for special. Drafts are on special. It's going to be a great way to watch the game and enjoy it with us and your your horn crew, the Bud Light crew, the Michelob Ultra crew, and we'll be ready to go. You getting fired up for that, Rod? Be out with the people. Uh, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. I love that spot, too, out there, man. It's huge. So much space. I mean, you really can bring the kids. You bring the whole family out there and make a day. And they're going to be a really good, they're gonna go home tired running around. Oh, yeah. No, that's exactly the, the point. Wear themselves out. <laughs> Wear themselves out because if you just, just Google Fieldhouse at the Crossing and look at the side, they've got uh, yeah, big man. fields, AstroTurf, soccer fields, volleyball, yeah. sand volleyball going on. Yeah, you can stay outside and sweat a little bit. You can go inside and get some AC get some and AC, kick it. They yeah. got, they, it's, it's options. Nothing but options at the Fieldhouse. I love that spot. It's going to be cool. So we're excited. And I think we're going to be there with uh, my buddy Charles and the team. Matt Lucky uh, for all the big games. Uh, our Oklahoma game will be there. There's going to be the maybe the TCU game in, in November. But we're looking forward to, to partnering with those guys and, of course, our friends at Bud Light to make this happen. For Texas and Alabama, you can get one of those uh, burnt orange cans of Bud yeah. Light and uh, our Michelob Ultra bucket and have some fun. And uh, Shout-out to the Texas who's joining us from Germany today. Shout-out. Wurzburg. Nice. There that's you where, go. That's where Dirk's from. Appreciate, is Wurzburg. it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. There you go. Appreciate that, man. And, and Maxi Kleba. 
Hey, why do you? Yeah, look at you. Why do you know these random facts? Because Dallas people. Mavericks, come on. Yeah, so, but, yeah and right. I'm German. So uh, oh, there it's you my go. roots. Is it really? Uh-huh. See, uh huh. See, I kind of like that. All right, I'm going to get this right at some point. It's the field house at the crossover. What Sorry, do you, you keep calling crossing. it? Crossing. You do call it the crossing. Yeah. Field house at the crossover. The crossover is the big mega activity center where you do volleyball tournaments and okay. field house at the crossover. My crossover. bad. My bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's the over, if you go to their website, field, it's called thefieldhousetexas.com. You can see the outdoor space. And we're going to, if you do that, you're going to see this stage we're going to be on on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Getting you ready for this game. They've got the food trucks out theater, there. screen. they, they got, got everything. There. Yeah, it's like a movie theater. Oh, it's fantastic. Where you're watching Texas and Alabama. But it's outside, so you bring your lawn chairs. Love when it. the sun goes down, it's going to be a beautiful spot to watch these Longhorns and these Bama Crimson Tide. And uh, crank it up. We're also talking NFL with the uh, NFL season opening tomorrow night. We're keeping our eyes on this Travis Kelsey news. He's going to be reevaluated again today. But if you're a Chiefs fan or a fantasy football owner that took Travis Kelsey early, which a lot of you did, nah, Travis Kelsey was a first round pick in uh, many fantasy drafts, Rod. No, Travis Kelsey, he's, he's at one. I mean, we haven't seen a, a, a tight end with this type of productivity ever. No, we have not. Like he's the most productive tight end in NFL well, he, yeah, history. Yeah, that's why he's going in the first round of drafts yeah, because exactly. he, he produces like a wide receiver. <laughs> he, he basically, and that's why he's actually one of the best, uh, you know, contract team friendly contracts in the NFL because that's how they use him like a wide receiver. He has those types of numbers. But hey, you're a tight end, so we got to pay you like a tight end. You, and he's by the way, he's only the fourth highest paid tight end. Right. He's not even the highest paid tight end, and he's the best tight end. Man, the Kansas City Chiefs, they know how to make a deal. They're making it happen there. They do, man. Those guys like playing there. and But they still, in addition to Travis Kelsey's hey, now Chris, questionable status for tomorrow night, they're, they're not going to get a deal done for Chris Jones, so their def- best defensive player won't play in this game. Uh, that's still a holdout situation. And Keandre Coburn, lifetime Longhorn, who made hey. that roster, you can expect to see him at the point. Yeah, no um, Charles Amenahu for them, too, because he's yeah. serving a, right? a suspension. suspension. Yeah. So they're missing a couple of guys on that defensive line there. Yeah, which is, is, Travis Kelsey was a top six pick in my draft and others that I've seen. Yeah, oh, for sure. No doubt. I mean, no, he's unbelievable. I love, I love this stat about him. It's his seventh straight season over 1,000 yards. No other tight end in NFL history has, more, uh, has had more than 4,000-yard seasons in their entire career. <laughs> That's crazy. Four? That, four. He's, he's had seven, seven straight. That's nuts. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts, Rod. He's the most productive tight end there. Well, and that's uh, that's the production. And, and the question is, that I think their backup tight end's got a Noah Gray. Noah had 30 yes. catches last year. Noah Gray. And the belldozer. Yeah, Blake Bell is there. But, you know, their best wide receivers this year, who are those going to be? Juju Smith-Schuster's gone, so it's Sky Moore. It's, um, you know, I mean, they... they Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Their running backs are Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. We yeah. know they rebuilt their offensive line. That's going to be a fun game to watch. It's yeah. the NFL opener, and uh, now there's a new subplot to it with yeah. potentially no Travis Kelsey. You've got Noah Gray. He was 10th in snaps and 5th in receptions for the Chiefs last season. Yeah. So, I mean, they used him. And, yeah. they, by the way, they're playing more 12 and 13 personnel. They played, I want to say, like around 10% 13 personnel, which is one back, three tight ends last year, and they were around 24%, 12 personnel. So they like playing a lot of tight ends. They do. They do. They're a big tight end group. Okay, go. so uh, a lot of football on the brain, college and pro now. We'll get you the latest on the Cowboys coming up. There was an MRI performed on uh, one of the Cowboys' offensive linemen yesterday. We'll get you details on that coming up in just the facts. But first, let's go behind the burn orange curtain, talk some Texas football. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is behind that curtain? All right. I'm talking Texas, Bama. Got a chance to look at that uh, Alabama offense again. And, you know, considering the matchup of the Texas defense versus that Alabama offense, I'm starting to feel good about Texas at least being able to to stop the run versus Bama. Now, the only question is in that run game is Jalen Milrow. I think they're just their traditional run game. I actually like that matchup of Texas matching up against their traditional run game. Uh, but the question is, how are they going to weaponize Jalen Milrow? Um, and I saw this stat, too. If you look at it, and I think it's my first down is going to be big. And just going off their middle Tennessee State game, which is obviously the only uh, game we have to go on this season. Uh, Alabama had a 53% success rate when they ran the ball on first down. That's important for Alabama because last year they were not. They were around 39% success rate on first down runs. Uh, but year before that, in 2021, they're around 41%. Success rate is basically when you get 50% of the yards needed for the first down on first down, 70% of the yards needed uh, for the first down on second down, and then 100% of the yards needed on third and fourth down uh, to get the first down. That's basically the raw definition of success rate. And they were really good at achieving uh, that success rate and having a high one on first down. That's why Texas got to win first down runs. They got to win on first down uh, in the run game, and they got to force Alabama into a second and long, which will eventually lead to a third and long, and that's where you want Jalen Murrow. You, you get him in third and long, then you got him right where you want him and because then he's in a predictable passing situation, and that's when he's likely going to be more of a pocket passer. First and second down, you know, you really can't guarantee he's going to be a pocket passer because they can use him in a number of ways. They can throw out the RPO game, got the zone read, they have design runs they could use for him. Uh, they could decide they want to throw the ball on early downs and make him a pocket pass on early downs, but I doubt it. I yeah. doubt it very seriously. I think they want to pound the rock on first down, and I think that's where Texas has to make sure they win. I'll give you another stat here, which is favorable for Texas coming out of that uh, Middle Tennessee State game. Uh, you go look at Alabama. They, a- they only averaged 1.7 yards before contact. That's, a, that's, a, that's an O-line stat. All right, how many yards can you get just off push alone before any defender even touches your running back? They only got 1.7 yards before contact. That's versus Middle Tennessee. So against Texas, I expect that number to even shrink to even a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the only thing, in my opinion, E, that could add a lot of juice to the running game, and it's a variable you really cannot account for because I do believe nothing challenges the structural integrity of a defense like a dual-threat quarterback. If he just goes off um, and Texas can't tackle him in the open field and doesn't have an answer for him and in, in uh, whoever's assigned to him, which I also think should vary – down to down. Sometimes it's Anthony Hill. Sometimes it's Jalen Ford. Sometimes it's Catalan. Sometimes it's 
you know, Jaron Thompson. Sometimes it's, you know, Jade Barron. Sometimes it's Ethan Burke, as Ty brought up. I think it's got to be a different guy every time. I think he's smart enough and athletic enough that he can get a bead and a pretty good read on whoever is going to spy him if it's the same guy every time. And he'll they'll have spy beaters built in. And he'll just kind of, as a player, he'll adapt and evolve uh, by the fourth quarter and figure out a way to beat whoever that spy is. So I think you gotta you got to mix that up, whoever's going to be assigned to him. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Jalen Milrow from uh, – Katie Tompkins uh, down in the West Houston area, or Katie, but uh, west of Houston, mm-hmm. uh, was the first Alabama quarterback in history this past weekend to record three passing TDs and two rushing touchdowns in the same game. It's never happened. Uh, so he, That's he was wild, first, actually, to think he, of that. That's not happened. That's I don't crazy. know if you saw at Inside Texas, uh, our friend Eric Nolene, the publisher of Inside Texas, mm-hmm. he has a story this morning that's really uh, revealing to exactly what you just said, that Pete Kwiatkowski, the Longhorn defensive coordinator, Faced Alabama and a quarterback very similar to Jalen Milrow and Jalen Hurts yep. when he was the defensive coordinator at Washington. Mm-hmm. If you remember when they made the Final Four, remember when uh, that's when Sark said he started to become a P- PK right. fan. PK fan because he went up against him. right. And so I mean, obviously, you can go back to that that Final Four matchup with with Washington had a really good secondary that year. And there's a great great quote in the Eric Nolene story this morning at Inside Texas. And it comes from Buda Baker. Remember Buda Baker, who was a great safety for Washington, oh, yeah. now playing in the NFL. And he he talked to uh, he was his quote before the Alabama game in the in the national championship semifinal could could be paralleled right to this when you're facing a guy like Jalen Milrow, who who kind of looks like Jalen Jalen Hurts when he was at Alabama. Yes, he does. He's, that comparison's been made by a lot of people. And Buda Baker said, we know that he, Hurts, throws, forces some turnovers throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. We like that. Being a defensive back, I like it. He can throw, he can run, but at the end of the day, if he doesn't see anything to throw, he's going to run the ball. We feel like the D-line is going to have a great opportunity to try to keep him in the pocket. When he does cross the line of scrimmage, we have to hit him. He's been hit before, but has never backed down. You see him running over guys, stiff-arming guys. So for that, we just have to keep hitting, hitting, and hitting. Hopefully he'll crack, but he hasn't cracked yet. So uh, Buda Baker, you know, Pete Kwiatkowski has seen, you know, it, it's shades of what it'll be. But a similar thing, you can go back and watch that game, Rod. You might get some insights into how PK's mind's going to work trying to stop a, the dual-threat quarterback. I love your idea of the multiple spies because you got to watch his legs. But as you said, if you can make him a pocket passer – you win, and I think if you you can win, that's your best opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is is and uh, Sark did say after the game Saturday that he liked he loved the defensive performance. He felt like it was you know really really dominant. At the same time, he did feel like some of their run their rush lanes got loose at times. The, and he was already thinking ahead like we got to stop Jalen Milrow. That's exactly right. Our rush lanes have to be on point because we can't let him break that that line of scrimmage. Uh, and nobody behind that, it'll be a problem for us. Yeah, it'll be a great test for the defensive line and their uh, discipline in their rushing lanes. Uh, that's just part of it. It's a, it's going to be a team effort. <laughs> that's just part of it. But I do think, you know, he's an elite runner, so you want to neutralize that first. Um, he's a, you know, he's a above average to, you know, good passer. So you want to force him to beat you left-handed, if you will, um, and take away his elite quality, which is him as a runner. So I think that'll be the focus. Uh, I also I was uh, uh, we had we had an in, uh, inside Texas on Texas football I should say uh, broadcast live stream yesterday uh, with Coach uh, Brian Irwin I believe this is uh, is his name and he talked about how you got to hit him got to hit him it's it's got it's going to be something that accumulates <laughs> throughout the game uh, and it takes its toll but even when it's a simple little drop back if you got a chance to to take a shot take the shot when he you know when he runs even if it's a three four yard gain and you got a chance to tackle him. 
pile on. You know, these are all things within the rules of football, but those hits, they add up to a quarterback over time, and that's part of it. That's part of it, too. You got to be physical. You got to be physical. You have to cut. That's part of imposing your will. He needs to pay the price for running the football against you. He can't uh, just run the football and get four, five, six, seven yards, and then, oh, he can get up and somebody, you know, just tripped him up uh, with an ankle tackle. No, no, no. He needs to take a pounding. That needs uh, to be a pounding. Uh, <laughs> the quarterback also, must go down. He must go down early and often. I would also say <laughs> that, uh, um, you know, the, the opposite is true for Texas. They, they got to keep Quinn yours yes. from getting hurt, right, <laughs> getting hit. Very right? true. And, the, and that was the one of the things you took away from the uh, – the okay performance against Rice and mm-hmm. you know under underwhelming in the first half was he took a lot of hits. Yeah, Quinn yours got hit a lot and especially with those long developing plays and they brought those blitz those disguised uh, rushes as you call you told mm-hmm. us about Rod. Uh, but you know second half third quarter he didn't get hit because they were going quick game just getting the ball out of his hands. You know Alabama's going to be looking for those quick passes early and force Quinn to have to go down the field a little more. You got to keep Quinn upright in this football game, obviously. All right, so there's a behind the burn orange curtain, Texas and Alabama Longhorns still a seven point underdog for the game at uh, six o'clock on Saturday night. It's the marquee game of weekend number two, but there are a lot of really good games this weekend. We'll start to preview those as well as we get you up and over the hump. Also, we've got our uh, what the facts segment coming up. What the facts? Astros flexing their muscles in Arlington. Wow, how about uh, 27 runs in the first two games of this uh, this must win series? Uh, Rangers getting shelled right now. We'll get you details there as well. Uh, it's Ian Rod B. Uh, appreciate you being there. However you find us on 101.9 AM 1260. And of course, stream it. Always on that Horn app. Download it. Put it on your uh, your smartphone. You got a touch of a button. You're listening to Ian Rod B. Five hours a day, five days a week. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Take it easy. It is time for football. NFL, college, the uh, full bore September, as Rod calls it, sportsgasm is here. Heck, we even got U.S. Open tennis, Rod, if you're into the uh, big tennis. If you're tennis into that, They're man. winding that down into the weekend. If that's your thing, why? Hey. It's all good. Something for everybody. Baseball. Mm-hmm. That's what the sportsgasm is all about. <laughs> really? can get some. Wait till the NBA and the NHL crank up in October Ooh. and November. Then it's then it's the full one. <laughs> oh, The full man. Monty. But uh, we got football for sure. And we're talking Texas and Alabama. This says, Rod, I saw reports yesterday that uh, Milrow isn't working through progressions on pass plays, locking on one receiver. Do you see the same? If that's the case, Jalen Ford could get another interception. Yeah, I was uh, um, I was talking yesterday to my man Ian Boyd about that, and I I, I haven't I'll go back and watch the film to make sure. But my the theory was the hypothesis was that. He's not going to have time in the Texas game to work through progressions because Texas has a really good defensive line. So Nick Saban, or at least, I don't know, the offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, may encourage him to, once you're, once you're through the second read, just go run. Take off. Like, don't, don't, don't try to get through the full progression. That would be a fool's errand against Texas. Don't, get, don't try to get through the full progression. Get one, two, and then we're going to basically kind of build in like Brian Dable does, kind of a built-in scramble. Hell, Texas did that against USC. You build, you got to build in the scramble for him. Like, hey, you ain't got it? Just go. Yeah. Just run. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll open it up for you based on the route combinations. There will be a lane based on the – you'll know the route combination. You'll know where the lane is for, to run. So that's what yeah. So I, I'll go look at that. But if that that lines up perfectly with what I think the strategy is going to be anyway for Alabama, they don't want him going through progressions because maybe that's when he makes 
bad decisions. There's worse decisions that he, if he locks in on one receiver anyway, then take away that initial read. If I'm Texas, on the flip side, just take away the first read then. Jump it. Yeah. Jump that, jump those first routes, jump those first reads, and force him to go through a progression or force him to tuck and run earlier, and then your spy can scrape and get home. So Yeah, that's going to be the goal. And yeah. uh, look, M- Milrow had a whole offseason to work. Last year he was playing behind Bryce Young, and yeah. he did start a few games when Bryce hurt his shoulder. And, you know, he completed 58% of his passes, but he also, you know, threw five touchdowns, but three interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that, that's, the, that's the scouting report, at least until disproven. Now, he could be in a different place this year with work he's done in the offseason. But, you know, last year he was rattleable if you could take that initial read away and then, as you said, you know, try to con- control the run lanes, and then he's got to make a decision. Make him hesitate. Yep. Um, and, look, Texas fans will say the same thing about Quinn Ewers. If, yes, you, make, <laughs> if you make him hesitate and he doesn't have his first guy, things can get get get, uh, get off the rails and Very don't know true. Nick Saban yeah. hasn't. You don't uh, want him going through progressions either. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's a battle of quarterbacks, without a doubt. I think both defenses are, are you know, high-end. I think both teams have elite skill players. And then maybe Texas has better skill players than uh, – and because Alabama has you know dudes all over the place, yeah, but, but I think uh, Texas offensively definitely has yeah, better skill more talent weapons. this year. Yeah, I think it'll be. I, I don't think either team's going to be able to run the ball. I think that's. I think it, 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 a traditional run game. That's why I think Jalen Milrow is so important for Bama. Yeah, I agree I think with you. It's a traditional run. I'm talking about just handing off the ball. I don't know if, eh, if anybody's going to be able to run the ball consistently. Just I don't disagree off the with you at all, and I think it's, that's why we say the the quarterback who plays the best and avoids the big mistakes and and makes plays is going to. That team's probably going to win this football game. All right, let's get some What the Facts. It's our segment ahead of the top of the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Facts you need to know in what and the around facts? the sports landscape. Here you go, Rod. It's been five, six days now. Give me one. Give me one. Since uh, 19 Disney channels, including ESPN, ESPN2, <laughs> and ESPNU, went dark to nearly 15 million subscribers on Spectrum. NFL season is now approaching, Rod. That's Monday Night Football. That's uh, other college football this weekend. That's Texas and Alabama. That's Texas and Alabama on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. If you are an ESPN or Spectrum person, if you're one of those people, as Spectrum, which a lot of you do, um, it says here from front office sports that uh, neither entertainment giant appears to be budging. That's bad news. Make a plan. Hey, you know where That's you can watch news. it? Fieldhouse at the crossover. Boom. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Right. Fieldhouse at the crossover. Done deal. What do you have, Rod, in uh, some Let's what the facts? Let's get some Astros stats Give out it to here. Me. Um, how about this? In their last nine road games, the Astros are averaging 10.2 runs and 14.1 hits with 24 home runs. <laughs> they, they are, yeah, and also that includes the August 25th game in Detroit in which they were held to just one hit. So they are just rolling. How about this for Altuve? Within his last seven games, Jose Altuve has hit for the cycle and has homered in four consecutive at-bats, the only other player in Major League Baseball history to accomplish both feats in the same season was Jimmy Fox in 1933. There's a fact. When he won the Triple Crown. There oh, is a fact, that brother. That that's is a nice uh, one. That's a good Well, that's that's why the Astros are, are feeling good here. They have the easiest schedule the rest of the way, and they're starting. They're healthy. They're heating up. Heck, even Michael Brantley is back, getting some some at bats for them in that lineup. And you know, it's you know, Geiner Diaz, the rookie catcher, has been great. He's going to be in the mix for American League Rookie of the Year this year. Uh, but you know, even you put Martin Maldonado behind the plate last night because he is Framber Valdez's catcher, and he hits a couple of home runs for you. So uh, things are clicking for the Astros mm-hmm. offense. 
Remove that Yankees series, by the way, because that did happen. Three losses to the Yankees <laughs> over this past weekend. Every, everything else has been hey, good for them. Bringing up old stuff, yeah, yeah, it's in the room. <laughs> How about this? Uh, this is what I love about what the facts. We tell you stories maybe you've missed, but this is pretty cool. Uh, this is this is from the world of soccer. But Rod, this is uh, this is a, a revolutionary thing. Real Madrid has built a new stadium for their for their soccer matches. Real Madrid, the uh, soccer giant. Oh yeah. And it includes, this is unbelievable, it's, a, it's an engineering marvel. Real Madrid's new stadium includes a fully retractable pitch or field that can be stored beneath the stadium with Ooh. the push of a button. That's freaking sweet. The storage space includes ventilation, air conditioning, irrigation systems, LED lighting, control cameras, and ultraviolet therapy to maintain the pitch. Ooh. But more importantly, it will allow Real Madrid to host other events throughout the year, including concerts, basketball games, trade shows, NFL games, and more. There are a couple other stadiums that are out there that have pitch removal systems, including the uh, the Vegas Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals, but none are nearly this sophisticated. You can go online and find a, the video of this. It's unbelievable, right? It is. That is crazy. Yes. How much did it cost again? Do we know the cost oh, of this thing? Oh, the cost of this bad boy? I don't know. Do we know the cost of this bad boy? I don't know, but it's a lot. That technology sounds expensive. What the I'm, club is projecting that they're going to earn billions in additional oh, revenue no because doubt. they can host all these events and not worry about tearing up their, their field. Yes, concerts, man. They'll have Taylor Swift in that joint in a couple of years, and <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be just fine. Uh, that's great. That's that's amazing. I want I want to know the cost though. Yeah, well, I I'll get you the, the cost, cost on that. But that is Real Madrid with the new pitch, and you you can anticipate that's coming to a stadium near you. Damn right. It is. Um, because if it if it does create billions, billions, billions. and millions, they'll be doing it. Billions. Jerry Jones gonna have to figure something out for the World Cup. Yes, he does. They need grass on that field. Ooh. Supposedly, um, that might be the where the final of the World Cup is ooh. too. Well, speaking of billions, Jerry will make that happen. Jerry makes it. He's got plenty of those. Keep an eye on that. Billions. All right, this says, does Texas Tech have a shot against Oregon? We'll talk, talk about those games coming up. Big games around the state of Texas mm. this weekend, not just Texas, Alabama. I wouldn't bet on it. It says, I switched to Fubo yesterday, and I'm canceling Spectrum. Good there you for go. you. This says, pay for the Hulu sports package for the month. Get 68, all those games. Son-in-law does that for me when I'm in Seattle to watch the Longhorn games. There you go. Got a good son-in-law. Good advice. Hey, good advice for you, you go. uh, TV people. <laughs> hey, we're back. One hour down, four to go.